0: Hey guys, Coach John Mallon here. i um, sitting here with one of my tennis parents and this has all come about uh, learning about the the tennis world and I uh, just want to introduce Miriam Colquitt to everybody. Hi. And thank you for asking me to do this. Thank you for talking with me.
1: Yeah, you bet.
0: I think that we can maybe help a lot of other people. Uh, seems like you're kind of tournament sitting there wondering what in the world's going on and you may be getting the same questions from other people and um maybe we can figure this out maybe we can help help others
1: i think we can i think uh i think us moms and maybe some dads are trying to figure out what in the world we're doing as parents and how uh how we're supposed to navigate this world i mean i have friends who are calling me asking me questions and john i don't know what i am doing and so i'm not sure why they're asking me because i feel like it is the blind leading the blind
0: yeah man what a what a tough world i mean you you get into this thinking my kid is just going to play some tennis for fun and we're kind of like fun little tennis (laughs) family hanging out at the club to all of a sudden you know you're you're just biting your fingernails at a tournament, wondering what in the world you've gotten yourself into. So, very, very normal, very uh, daunting process. It can be uh, absolutely a nightmare uh, if you let it you know, get to that point. But uh, maybe, maybe going through and talking through some of these things can can really help. So, what uh, what are some of the things that you know you'd like to talk about?
1: Yeah, I think that's great. So one thing which is kind of funny is you know my son's at a tournament right now and i think the angst that comes with that the night before and just the morning of and leading up to the match is real it's real for the mom and it's real for the dad and how do you not get on that roller coaster of emotions with your kid and just stay neutral
0: yeah that's hard you know you want your kid to do well everybody you know has this um I guess, their egos tied to their kids. 100%. And if they do bad, I did bad. And, you know, you see some of the other kids that do well, and you see how uh, people treat them, so you want them to talk about your kid that way. And uh, that's, that's a normal way to go about it, um, but probably not a healthy way, I would imagine. You want to... Feel like you are doing everything you can as a parent to prepare them to go to a tournament, and uh, what happens will happen. Um, there is an enormous amount of perspective that you can start to learn and um, create in your head. You know these um, these stories that you can read about or watch. You know documentaries on that. Um, all these great people that did great things. It was a long, long process yeah. that wasn't overnight and it just took an enormous amount of work to get where they, where they ended up and I think you got to bring that perspective into you know the parenting brain, so to speak, where you you know going into the tournament that there's been great work done and we're going to go see if they understand the product that they're learning and if they do or don't you can make adjustments and still improve. So the results, um, part of it, it's real. Everybody's focused on it, right? You got the, you know, this UTR thing, ranking thing, WTN now, the USDA. I mean, it's, everybody's getting wrapped up in it. And uh, it's, it's an easy way to, uh, um, you know, get your own, like we said, ego hurt when you walk up and somebody says, Oh, what's your son's UTR? Oh, He's a four oh my son's a five and you're like <laughs> oh that's great yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um you know are you going through some of that with with your son is he talking about these things a lot is he oh, is yeah. he like before the tournament even starts is he uh getting himself in this in this uh tough place mentally
1: 100 percent. i mean i think my son's more the quiet type where he won't really talk about it but other kids are talking about it Where all- they'll sit around on their phones and they'll say, well, what's your UTR? Well, the kid you're about to play, his UTR is this. And, you know, my UTR is this, and I'm going to go beat him. And so I feel like a lot of times the kids will even beat themselves before they even walk on the court. And that's, that's hard as a parent to sit there and not be able to say anything or do anything, and your kid's about to walk on the court just hearing all this smack talk about UTRs and rankings and, and yeah. whatnot. The comparison talk is, is hard.
0: Yeah. The comparison part is, is actually very difficult. And I guess, you know, one of the ways that you can, I, I don't know how to, how to really go about it. Cause it just really depends on parenting styles and how you want to handle their, uh, information that they're gathering. Uh, we see kids now that are 10 years old that have cell phones that right. can look up you know, somebody's UTR. We, we definitely, uh, I know a really young player that will say, you know, you're playing against a, a 4.37. I mean, what does that even mean? <laughs> right. uh, it's, it's wild, but you know, going back in time, you know, when I was in juniors and, and played and I was a pretty good, uh, junior tennis player at one point, you know, top 10 in the country. And uh, played college tennis at Texas A&M, uh, go Ags. But, mm-hmm we didn't have that information at our fingertips. And the the only thing that you could see was you get to the tournament and uh, the draws were posted at the site and you see who's seated and you just kind of went from there. Somebody's name was in red. They were a pretty good player. And uh, if not, you just went to work and you had no idea everybody's in the tournament. So that meant they were a pretty good player. Right. And that was what we went off of. And now this instant information about everybody it's actually pretty wild and it's it's overload yeah it's hurt a lot of confidence in people like you said we're walking into a tournament and they've already lost the match Mm -hmm. and no matter what you do you can't talk them out of it um but i think i think going back to what i was saying like your how you how you parent them i've seen some parents try to flip flop the other way where they go we're not going to look at it at all we, we, you're not going to know anything
1: yeah
0: and i don't think that's healthy um, and some that are literally having the talk if you if you get seven games against this kid your utr is going to go up right. you, you don't even need to win don't worry about winning just get those seven games which is uh that's confusing i mean i was a big time uh competitive person so i right. understood like you no know, i want to win yeah. i don't care about winning seven games I i've even known all
1: parents who have said if you're losing just after four games just injure yourself and withdraw so that your UTR doesn't go down and I'm just like you're yeah. teaching these kids how to compete poorly.
0: Yeah, and that's the uh, and that's something we can discuss too. Those are the cuckoo uh, right. people that uh, they are <laughs>
1: they're they around. are they're in, definitely around.
0: They are they are definitely prevalent everywhere and uh, you know that is just wildness to me. You As parents have a job which is to educate them on their character, their effort, how they represent their family as a person. It is the coach's job to educate them on the tennis, how to handle themselves. Character obviously is a big part of it as well because they spend a lot of time around us, oftentimes even more around us than than the parents. So um, when you have things like that that are counterintuitive to those uh, processes we're trying to put into place, which is, you know, go on the court, hold your head up high, go to battle. Uh, if you if you lose, you shake the person's hand, give them a fist bump, whatever it may be, and uh, say great match, and you move on. That doesn't mean you can't be upset. It doesn't mean that um, you played your best, but you shouldn't, feel pressure from the sidelines to perform because dad is playing through his kid vicariously or mom mm-hmm. is uh, wanting everybody to talk about their son or daughter right. that they're the greatest of all time and, and they're only 12. Right. Uh, so that's that is probably a very very large topic um, and we just could label that the crazy tennis parent but yep. <laughs> um, but yeah going back to how you handle these things, the perspective part, like I said, they are going to. Cameron is twelve years old, correct? Right. So he's looking at at least four more years of junior tennis, uh, five um, years or so, if he does really, really well, which he's kind of on track to having a nice little career. He's going to play, you know, his dream world of college tennis. So then let's tack on another four years of that, maybe maybe five, depending on um, you know, what's going on. So you're, you're basically at 10, 10 more years of this. So getting on the roller coaster of wins and losses is really not a a fun thing to probably be on.
1: So you're saying it's a waste of time?
0: It's, it's a waste of energy would <laughs> <Got> probably <it. laughs> be a better way to put it. But I tend to watch and I can see, okay, player A is going to, Win this match. Yeah, player B is good, but does not have the ability at this point to beat player A. Or player A versus player B. This is going to be a battle. We'll see what happens. Uh, in every scenario that you can possibly think of, the any any coach that's been around and studied the sport and um, and has any you know real investment in junior tennis has seen all of the types of players. So. It's easy to easier for us to sit back and just go, all right, let's see what happens.
1: Right.
0: The parent is going, all right, this is where it's going to happen. Sure. This is it right here. Yeah. We practiced all week. We hit the extra serves that we were supposed to. We did right. the ball machine. Right. Uh, Coach John told me I needed to play three practice matches. I played four. Right. I am going to win this tournament. And then they uh, you know, start to think, You know while i'm talking to these parents i'm like you're starting to say i and we a lot (laughs) what what do you mean we you're not playing it's not your tournament it's not your tournament (laughs) oh oh, i i know they're like i i oh i know i I said we i'm like no i i know what you mean
1: yeah
0: you're getting into the crazy territory (laughs) of um of this is you both competing so um and then of course we're just waiting for you know failure Mm-hmm. I think I think we're waiting for the confirmation that there could have been more or something else we could have done. And it's almost like a relief when they win and there's confirmation of a, an enormous amount of um, anxiety and depression around losing. So uh, once it starts happening, the loss, all those feelings are readily apparent. And if they win, it's more like, instead of great job, that was awesome, man, you competed well, so proud of you. It's more like, whew, you almost double faulted at deuce, at five right. all, you know, you, we almost lost. And it's like, we, there's that we word again, like, what's going on here? So um, I would really like that to switch to, uh, look, if somebody loses, it happens. If somebody wins, great job competing. You did well. There's a lot to work on. You lost, oh, well, it happens. There's a lot to work on. You know, it's just... There's not a a big swing to the you know the different you know sides of the pendulum of of performance. I think as a coach, what I would like is to just have this i guess overall outlook on on their performance just being consistent. Are they going to go out? Are they going to warm up properly before the match? Are they going to spend some time by themselves getting mentally ready? Have they done everything that they need to do the week before? Uh, are they in the right mindset going, going onto the court? When they get on the court, are they breathing? Are they moving? Are they looking professional? Do they look like they are confident? And then get out there, battle, and without this you know, anxious behavior of surrounding results, can they just leave it all out there, walk off the court, win or lose, and said, I performed well. I feel good about this, or I have things to work on. Um, and honestly, I don't care about the win or loss because w- I just know that this process is—it's forever at best. Yeah. I mean, it is—it is forever, and you just can't—you can't deal with it. You can't. I like that. It's that's it's, a
1: good checklist.
0: It's a—it's something I think that we're striving for, and it's not—it's not the easiest thing in the world. And then, you know, you you do have major hiccups. They number 1 seed now playing the best tennis that they've played and lose first round. Right. Um you have for sure any anything like that uh is is always always bound to happen. Uh then you have the well, they just got into the tournament, you know, thank goodness, but you know they're playing this you know the 5 seed and this person's a, you know, 48,000 UTR or whatever they, you know, we're going to get our butt right. kicked and, uh, then they win and you're just completely shocked by it. And, uh, but the coaching side could be like, I'm not shocked. He looked good. Right. He performed the way he was supposed to and, uh, and good things happen. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think we covered a lot there, but
1: it's I wish, I wish, you know, more parents knew that uh, I think that'll be helpful going forward. So on the win and the loss aspect, what would you tell parents? Hey, if your kid wins, this is something good to tell your kid. If your kid loses, this is how to encourage them.
0: Okay, you're talking about like post-match?
1: Yeah. They came just, off the court. I've just always heard, no matter what, just say, hey, did you have fun? I was proud of you. But I, I feel like that just kind of becomes robotic because if you keep saying that over and over and over again every weekend, and they're like, okay, I know what you're about to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. That I think, I think that's a good, a good topic. It's different for everybody, and I think as as players mature through their adolescence and and they start to um, figure out their own identities, you have to be able to morph with them. Um, You go from you know the the kid that just loves talking about their tennis and talking to mom about everything. To get in the car get right on their cell phone or you know earbuds in and don't want to say a word to you because you're super uncool <laughs> and um you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell everybody how uncool you are but right you thanks know, i you're... appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> um but it i think when you can start to get to the conversations with the player about how do you want me to act and then maybe have some boundaries um, win or loss, this is this is what we're gonna do. And sometimes it's just not that big of a deal, you know, for you because you're the parent. And you're excited to watch your uh, kid play. You have this excitement, and for them, maybe it was an anxious nightmare at best, and they got through it. So they're on this, um, you know, this decline as far as their energy and emotions are concerned, and you're on an incline because you're just happy they won. So you're meeting each other in two totally different, um, you know, mental spaces. And that's why maybe you get a little bit of uh, quiet mom, you know, stop, you know, those types of things. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Uh, quit being uncool. You ask too
1: many questions. Yeah,
0: why are you questioning <laughs> me, you know? And then they call uh, their coach or, you know, my students to call me and they will talk to me for 20 minutes straight. Right. And then you're sitting in there going, why can't you talk to me that way, Yeah. You know? um, Well, it's because their, their performance, they, they want to not feel judged. And when they feel that way from, it's pretty normal. I I felt like, you know, my dad was pretty, pretty calm and collected on the side. My mom's always fiery. She still is. And, um, you know, she, she would say stuff and then I would say stuff back and, and I could feel the, feel like she's you know, she's mad at me, you know, all these things. I could feel the emotions from her on the side and, um, you know, it all came from a good place. And my dad, like I said, it was a little bit more, um, maybe not as intense. So you could be dealing with that. There's one, you know, for dad, it's different than mom. Right. And, you know, you even see like mom can't go to the tournaments at all. Dad mm-hmm. has to take them. Dad can only, um, do this and, and vice versa. And then you have the, the parent that's just, like, walking around the facility, oh, can't yeah. even sit still the this. entire time. You see those a lot, and they're just so so nervous. But um, so, yeah, it, there's, you know, to go back to it, I think how you do it is you let them come to you a little bit. You say things like, hey, great match. Wow. That, um you know that second set was was really solid, and you played uh, really well. Good job. But if you if you can tell, if you can say it in the same tone that I just said that, I think they are more likely to hear you than, oh my gosh, honey, great job, you're so good. Oh my gosh, all your hard work has paid off. I'm not and sure who talks like that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know anybody that comes to mind uh but they don't want to hear that that's like too much right uh it's like the morning person that hears and then you have the person that just doesn't want to hear that morning person uh, yapping right away you're like god can you please stop talking <laughs> right so uh it's probably somewhere in that so i would i would encourage you to talk to cameron as he's doing these tournaments um you know more often to say how would you like me to be on the sideline yeah what what do you want me to say to you? If he says I don't really want you to say anything to me, every well, kid's different. Maybe you maybe respect that, but uh, from my experience, they they start to talk. If you don't, they will start to kind of talk. And again, it goes back to what we're talking about with this process. So he's going to play a thousand more tennis matches. Some of them are going to be very very similar. So there's no point in really like, you know, recognizing much of it other mm-hmm. than hey, you know, tough one or or uh, hey good job yeah let's go get some lunch and uh what time do you play next and uh let's let's go from there so uh that that's a that's a um an easy thing to maybe manage but you know a hard thing to conceptualize as far as you know I you know what I actually he's going to talk to me because I drove all the way here and I'm watching him and he is going to Listen to what I have to say. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a tough one to to get out of and, and maybe uh, keep yourself from doing. But that that's very very normal, especially after you know you drive four hours, you're in a hotel, and uh, for him to get on the court, not hustle after balls because he's nervous or whatever happened, uh, he got caught up in something, and then you just you're watching him not move his feet, not doing anything that he uh, they he didn't was want to told. Talk to you. And then he comes off the court and tells you to be quiet when all you want to do is wring his neck. So that's, that's probably another, another thing we're talking about. What do you say after a loss? Um, well, that is, that is a tough, tough concept and a tough um, pool to swim in. I think that when you are a competitor... And your ego has been hurt um, by a loss. You are you are on edge. You are on edge, and your mind's going a thousand miles an hour. And when your emotional intelligence is not uh, ready to handle all of these things, which most uh, junior tennis players it is not, so they are getting in the car, or you're walking away from a tournament. And my advice to you would be be tread lightly. Yeah because whatever you say could make or break, uh, them for a long time, depending on the person, depending on how they handle things. I have, uh, some players that uh, bring stuff up that their parents said a year ago, or wow. some players that never recovered at all from, from one loss. And it was just because mom or dad just had to, had to say it, Wow. right. They just had to say something. And, um, and it's, it's really sad. It's normal, unfortunately. It's normal, but man, to the discipline to know, none. yeah, just know when not to talk versus when to talk. It's it goes both ways. So you know, you hear from all these great sports psychologists and um, you know coaches that there's more destruction in the car and at the dinner table yeah. than anywhere,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Unfortunately, due to the fact that a lot of parents just cannot let it go, right? And if you know, it's like they, for whatever reason, they think if I just say, if I could just get them to understand this, if I, if they just would get this, then we'll never lose a match ever again. You know, that's just not. It's not going to work. It's not logical. It's not rational. Um, But if you can, if you can stay with you know your ego not tied to them as much as possible. Then I think it's probably a healthier place to be.
1: Yeah. I have no parents that, you know, get their kid in the car and just start yelling at them and obviously feel regret about it afterwards, but then come up to us and say, Oh, no, I just yelled at my kid. Now what am I supposed to do? And it's like, Well, just don't yell at your kid, but go apologize about it. But it's a tough situation to be in.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the not, you, you say nine positive things and you know, one one negative. That's that's what they're going to remember. Right. And um, you know, I'm I'm a pretty in, intense coach. I like to speak the truth. I don't like to sugarcoat things. Um, and one of the reasons why is because I feel like the tennis world, and uh, also uh, life, does not sugarcoat and it tells the truth and it's not um, it's not forgiving. So, I'm not going to be. And I've had to learn how to maybe soften some of those um, talks and uh, help help kids understand where I'm coming from a little bit more. I think nowadays it's it's been even tougher. Uh, I think that the type of player that's playing right now is a different type of player. Could be wrong. Maybe I'm I'm seeing it um, differently than than other people. I'll but know. I think it's like just. Like we talked about with all these uh this instant information all the yeah. time, there's just there's just more ways for, for confidence to get hit mm-hmm. than to be gained. And um, you know, you can, you know, like I said, you can say nine positive things to somebody and say one thing, you know, that's not even negative, it's just a criticism and uh could be very constructive, but they don't take it that way. Uh my coaches were, were extremely tough and fair and um and I, I like that. And they made sure that when I did something wrong I was very aware of it and uh sometimes very, very aware of it and very stern and uh they didn't let things slide and that's how that's how I wanted it. You know, I wanted to know how to be the best and you don't you don't do that um you know through excuses and cutting corners and, and those types of things. So building the confidence in the players is often a very big team effort you know mm-hmm. so um i've told you know a lot of my tennis parents before you say something to them call me <sighs> you know vent at me right. you know, and, and uh, go nuts you can go as nuts as you want because i'm just smiling on the other end of the line just going okay yeah and uh th- sometimes you just need to get it out right uh, have you ever wanted to to scream after watching cameron
1: yeah, it's frustrating sometimes,
0: so frustrating, and I think I
1: have called you from the car, just being like, i just I just want to back out of this parking lot i don't yeah. I don't know what he's doing,
0: yeah, just leave him there, yeah, just leave him, let him run home uh yeah it's it's very difficult, and you know you you have this this view of them too, right? They're my kid, right, what an angel he is,
1: yeah, but then <laughs> he gets in the car and I'm like. How'd you do? What a
0: demon. <laughs> yeah. What a demon he is now. So it's, uh, I think a big, you know, subtopic too is like this idea of we're raising a, a kid, but we're actually raising a tennis player. Sure. So my job is to raise the tennis player. Your job is to raise the kid. And they are very much overlapping at this point. So, you know, when you, when you do that, you have to be careful with what you say, how you do it. Uh, I need to know that when, you know, I'm sending him home, that something at home is not happening to him. Mm-hmm. So he comes back tomorrow in a, in a mood that shouldn't maybe necessarily be there. Or I am putting him through something that is very stressful, and he needs to respond, but you might think is tough, and you don't like to see him upset. Is that, is that accurate?
1: Yeah, but I like the trifecta kind of model where you're the tough guy and then he can come home to, you know, the soft, sweet.
0: Oh, yeah, the good cop, bad cop. <laughs> the good cop, yeah, bad cop Thank situation. you so much.
1: Uh, but I enjoy works. being the bad cop. It, it does work that way, you know, and I feel like there's a trust relationship between parent, coach, player, which it has to, there has to be trust involved in that situation. Um and I'm yeah. not sure if it works with all coaches and parents but it does with us which I feel like in order to have a successful relationship with your athlete you have to have a successful relationship with the parent and the coach.
0: Um 100% you you have to be able to trust the person that you're um you know employed to basically raise your child. Right. I mean I'm around Cameron way more often than you guys probably yeah. are so. so we
1: trust that you're the bad cop and yes trust that so we're the i good do cop. yeah i do all the <laughs> tough
0: things while you get to right just have all the fun thank you <laughs> no thank problem. you so much <laughs> um but yeah you know I, i've i've always told you and been very honest like if he comes and gets in the car and he's in tears you don't have to come rescue him yeah he's he was just on the tennis court he was just playing he might have lost he might have had a tough day he might have gotten uh Reprimanded by a coach, he might have just been, um, you know, in a position of getting uh, tough, constructive criticism. Uh, maybe he just got yelled at. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, coaches aren't perfect, but um, you know, if a coach got in his face about something and he doesn't know how to handle that yet, really, it's y'all's job to help him understand that mm-hmm. if he wants to ask. But if the parent is always rescuing the child right. from those situations, then the kid. Or a player starts to understand the cycle. I got in trouble by the coach, or I didn't do what I was supposed to do. My coach came down on me. I got upset. I went to my parents. My parents didn't like I was ups- uh, that I was upset. They talked to me. They went to the coach, told the coach not to do that to the kid. And then there goes the cycle. And then actually now the kid does not think the coach is the boss.
1: Right.
0: And that is... Uh, that's probably number 1 for me of like let me fire a student now mm-hmm. because they they need to know that Numero Uno is the coach uh when it comes to the tennis world. I mean obviously anything in home life uh has nothing to do with us, but once it's starting to uh leak into the into the tennis world, they need to know that there's there's one person to really answer to and I've got some really funny stories of, you know, I had I had one player where I said to the the parent when they get in the car, if they say anything about how practice went in any negative way whatsoever, turn the car back around and come right back. And then they have to say it to me. Wow. And there was some really funny moments around this where the player was not uh, very happy about that. Because they would unload everything on the parent, which, to be honest is not fair, right? You're just picking them up, and then you got to hear all of this stuff that happened, and uh, it's not fair to us because they were quiet at practice and then just left and they didn't communicate right so this this confidence surrounding communication needs to happen, and oh man, it was fireworks. it was absolute fireworks i had I had a player also uh, for forget her um hat. And uh, she had texted her mom from the court and the mom left work, went home, got her hat, oh, no. brought the hat. And uh, yeah, that was not a pleasant uh, conversation that we had to have about that. Um, and, and to me, that's like the good old days of you forgot your shoes. OK, you're going to practice without your shoes on. Wow. And when those blisters, uh, you, they will help you remember your shoes next yeah, time. Sure. Uh, that's the old school way, right? That's all the stuff that we could get sued with now. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to think I don't have much. You can sue me if you want. But, yeah. um, so there's all kinds of stories surrounding this confidence of communication and, the, like you said, the parent-child-coach uh, trifecta of, of how we navigate that and, you know, what is actually just normal and what is maybe something that is, you know, maybe something didn't happen. Great. Maybe somebody said something they shouldn't have and it really upset them. But then it's still just a teachable moment, right? Did you go to your coaches and talk to them? No. Why not? I uh, I didn't feel like I could. Why not? Well, because, and then they kind of freeze, right? And then what I like to say to them in those situations that, you know, once it cycles back around to us is have we ever not been approachable to you to if you've ever needed help? Uh, that you can't come to us, and they usually say no.
1: Definitely a confidence thing.
0: Yeah, so I think it's just, um, you know, the the best thing that we can do in those situations is help them build the confidence to to talk to the coaches and uh, go from there. So
1: these are great life lessons for them.
0: I think it's huge. I think it's huge. Tennis can can really teach a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can really help you with a um, an enormous amount of. Uh, intelligence and independence and discipline and this overall understanding of yourself and how you carry yourself is uh, its definitely, in my mind, the greatest sport to teach all that. I'm a little biased, obviously, although I am a big golfer, but you, you want to understand, again, the process and what we want at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, what you want is, you know, your son or daughter started this as a young kid trying to figure out who they are. And, you know, hopefully after an enormous amount of work and um, just this plethora of of sadness and happiness and everything in between, that they are this well-rounded, smart, confident person that is now going to go on to, to, you know, maybe play, you know, pretty big time tennis in college or after and look back and say, you know, that that was some of the best times of my life was absolutely was uh, my junior tennis training and all the hardship and everything I went through. And that that's what got me here to where I am. And uh, this is how I carry myself. But I mean, let me let me tell you, though, there has been some people that ended up out of their minds, right? Because somewhere along the line, the process was, um, was, you know, gravely, um, misunderstood. And, um, I, I think it does probably unfortunately come, come down to the parents of how they, how they did that, how they managed it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a fun, that's a fun talk with all this stuff. Is there anything else that we, um, you know, haven't really tackled? Is there something?
1: I think... I think these are these are great, John. I think these parents are going to be so happy that they get to at least have some light shed upon them about what to do with tournaments and angst and how to talk to their kids before and after a match. I mean, I feel like at least if they come to me with questions, I can say, hey, tune into this because I got nothing for you. John yeah, does. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. And I, I think, you know, just... Maybe closing advice to everybody that's listening to this, it's a process, and you hear that, trust the process. You hear that a lot, and you know, there's, there's common denominators between people that are successful in this world, and one of those um, common denominators is, is hard work, and there's no secret to any of it. You have to be willing to stay the course. You have to trust your coaches. You have to be honest. And up front and that includes the players being honest about what they want and the parents being able to accept um, what's going on and there's no instant gratification you can't you can't you know make a career in one day and you certainly can't lose one in one day so uh, you can you can narrow that down to a match you can't lose a career in one match and you can't you know gain a career in one match uh, I had a player recently do extremely well and um won a won a huge event and i said that's great you know back to work on on tuesday so you just it never stops there's never a there's never a an arrival point you just you just keep going yeah you just keep going and um i think i think what you need to do is you know have some self-reflection what what am i doing right now and what kind of tennis parent Uh, Am I? Am I on the crazy train?
1: Yeah.
0: Or am I on the? uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely not you. We're talking about everybody else, not you. Um, So, just having an enormous amount of self-reflection and being able to calm down, learn how to, um, you know, talk to your son or daughter, your players, about, um, you know, how how we get to where they want to go, and sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes you got to swallow some tough pills. And that's okay, and you know, like I said, you just you just wake up and and do it again every single day, and that's that's really the secret yeah. that everybody's looking for. And um, if that doesn't work, uh, bring a margarita to the tournament. I love that'll, it. That'll help you out a little bit more. Why not? Um, <laughs> why not? Or why not? And then all the other parents will like you too. Make yeah. sure you bring a whole jug. So. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got. And, uh, there's, there's probably some more topics that we'll be talking about. So, um, you know, I hope this helped anybody that's listening and, uh, good luck to all your kids, all your players. And, and again, just try to relax, try to have fun and, uh, and not worry about it because at the end of the day, there's really nothing to worry about. They're going to do some really cool things and they're going to do some bad things. And, uh, and really it's just everywhere in between is this uh, fun journey of memories that uh, you want to accumulate into a career that you look back on and, and say, you know, I did something really cool with my life and and I had a lot of fun and I really appreciate um, my coaches and my parents and the parents appreciate the coaches and the kids and everybody just, you know, hugs it out. And, uh, and then you just go from there. And if, and if, if that doesn't work, I always tell people, you can just just pay me more money. I'll help. I'll help. <laughs> I'll, help uh, I'll help even more. So, uh, anyways, thanks everybody, and we'll thanks, uh, we'll talk to you soon.